Akutinev Shabbos, Parshas Kisisa. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a wonderful week. This week's year is sponsored by Uli Nishmas, Rabbi Yaakov, Ben Alter Aaron. Thank you to our corporate sponsors, the Hassan Zaltz Law Firm, Meridian Senior Health, and Bluestone Brokerage. For future dedications to sponsor the year, the podcast, and publication, please reach out to 845-367-2959. When the Chafetz Chaim was young and poor, he dedicated Yom and Valayla, literally day and night, to learning, studying, toiling in Torah. The Chafetz Chaim had no job, he had no source of income, and he and his wife survived on the breadcrumbs they bought from the local bakery. They would purchase them at a minimal cost, and eventually it came a point where they couldn't even afford those meager crumbs, and they were forced to start taking them on credit. And one day the Chafetz Chaim came home, and he found his wife sobbing, crying, bitter tears. And when he asked her what was the matter, what happened, what was troubling her, she explained, she told the Chafetz Chaim, My dear husband, I understand you're learning all day, and we were surviving just on the breadcrumbs that we would get from the bakery. But the bakery informed me today that they would no longer honor the credit and they would no longer give her the breadcrumbs. After reassuring and calming his wife, the Chafetz Chaim went to a corner. He waved his fist and yelled, Satan, Satan! I know what you want from me. You want to frighten me. You want to overwhelm me with the dire financial situation so that I'll stop learning Torah. And here I am. I'm going to tell you that I am not afraid of you. I'm going to continue learning Torah, no matter what, even if you starve me. Even if you take the last crumbs of bread from my mouth, I will never cease to study the Dvar Hashem. The very next day, the Chafetz Chaim came home and he saw his wife had a starkly different countenance on her face. It was a smile, elation, satisfaction. And the Chafetz Chaim asked his rabbitson, What happened? What changed? Yesterday you were crying bitter tears and today suddenly, you're a happy lady, you seem calm and content. What caused this drastic change? The Rebbeitzin explained to her husband, the Chafetz Chaim. She said, when I went to the bakery today, the baker informed me that I could indeed continue taking the crumbs on credit. We're not talking about meat here. We're not talking about steaks. We're not talking about even danishes or ragalach. We're talking about crumbs. And the Chafetz Chaim and the Rebbeitzin were jubilant over this essential staple that they would once again receive the Chafetz Chaim said he was sure that the whole trouble with the baker was merely a tactic of the Itzahara, coming to intimidate him and his Rebetzin to forsake the golden path of the Torah and leave the Kaisla Beis Medrash. And once the Sultan realized that the Chafetz Chaim would not be deterred in his unwavering commitment to Torah, he left them alone. It just took one day. And while this story exemplifies the pashtus, the simplicity, literally living on nothing of tzaddikim and what they did to dedicate their lives to life of Torah. The story also exemplifies how real the atzah the tactics, the ploys of the Yitzhahara were to gedolim, to tzaddikim. They were so in tune. Their antennas worked differently. They saw that it was a literal attack from the Yitzhahara. And even when their source of sustenance was at risk, they knew this wasn't Natural, this wasn't something that had to happen. He simply looked at it as the way the Yitzhahara was trying to creep in and to get him out of the base of Medrash. In this week's parasha, parasha's Kisiso, after the Chet Egel, the Torah says, 
Vaitein Moshe Kachalois the Dabi to Barsinaish Niluchos Eidos. Thurs says Hashem gave Moshe Benu pre the Cheta Egal to Luchos Eidos, Luchos Evan Kisuvum Baetzbalakim. Stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. The Pasa continues Vaifen Vaired Moshe Menahar Ushne Luchos Eidos Biodoi. Luchos Kisuvum Mishne of Rea Mizel Mizel Him Kisuvum Vahaluchos Maiselikim Hema. Vamichtav Michtavelikim Hu Charus Alaluchos. The Torah goes into tremendous detail. The Torah says that these two tablets were a testimony of God which Moshe had in his hand. They were tablets inscribed on both of their sides. They were inscribed on one side and the other. They were God's handiwork and the script was the script of God engraved on the tablets. The Ramban asks the pretty obvious glaring question which is why is it only after the Chet Eagle, after Kali Saul literally bowed down to a golden calf threw off the yoke of Torah, walked away from Hashem and served foreign gods, a golden cow. Why only now is it that the Torah goes into great detail about the beauty, the grandeur of the beautiful Luchais, how they were the craft of Hashem, at Kim. Shouldn't this have been something stipulated, related before the Chet Egel, when it was actually given to Klal Yisrael? The Sefer Shem and provides incredible insight into the psyche and to the condition of mankind. We know we also come to this, I think we can call it appreciation in retrospect, which is no matter how great the thing we have, the thing we possess may be, often we tend to forget to negate and see its true value as we're going through. And only at the end do we realize the tremendous significance and value it bears. And the Torah over here is teaching us. It's giving us our first example of Dvaram Shabikdusha, of the Torah itself, of the Luchus, that Klal didn't recognize, didn't tap into its Kedusha, only until the very end. And only at the very end did they realize what they had. It was the handiwork of Hashem, the craftsmanship, of the Almighty, of the Creator of the world. And then they said, Chaval, how unfortunate it is that we did what we did, that we succumbed, that we stooped to the levels that we did. And the Musa Haskel is that when we have Dvarm Shabakdusha, we have Torah Mitzvahs, Nitzchis, Arlam Haba, the glamour, the immense Kedusha, the true reward is concealed put away towards the end of life when we get older and we start thinking oh no what do we do with our whole life but that's the way Hashem created the world to make the reward and the struggle that much greater to make the fight stronger in order that the enjoyment the hanah the gishmak of our olam haba will be that much greater and only when we have to fight for something constantly when it's a constant battle when we receive the reward it'll be that much greater and that's exactly what happened with Klal Yisrael. They only realized the greatness at the end. And then in retrospect, they said, oh, how unfortunate. And the lesson is, Maisa Avasim Labanim, to learn from that grave mistake, that grave blind eye that they turned towards, truest greatness, the Torah HaKadosh itself. And as they're going through life, there's so many distractions, pitfalls, setbacks, all trying to throw us off kilter, trying to distract us from the truest truth, 
which is Olam Hazad, Dome of the Prozdor, this world is merely a hallway to the tracklin of Olam Haba, to the palace, to the ward of Olam Haba. And we have to constantly fight. We have to constantly remind ourselves, recalibrate, refocus on what's really true and important in life and as strong and as fast as the curveballs that the Zahar is going to throw at us as he does every day, as he does to all of us, as he did to the Chafetz Chaim, and he did to those who preceded him, to the Tanoim and the Amiraim. But truly great people are people that amidst all the turbulence and all those curveballs, fastballs that are being thrown at them are able to remain resilient and stay focused on the true prize of Adam Haba. The turbulence that we're going through collectively as a nation and as individuals is perpetual, is imminent, we're always being attacked, we're always under siege in our Ruchnius, in our Gashmius, in every which way. The Chafetz Chaim, his source of sustenance, the breadcrumbs, we're not talking about great, grand things, we're not talking about even bread, we're talking about breadcrumbs. When he didn't even have that, when that was on the line, he didn't say, oh, I better go, better go out. He said, I have to learn Torah, and I'm not going to stop. And the Yitzhahara, you're not going to get in my way. And the Yitzhahara is always doing the same to all of us. And as the Yiddish progresses, he tries harder, spins it differently, different shapes and forms. And our Veda is to overcome and not chas v'shalom, to succumb to the same level of forgetfulness as our Ovas, as Klai Yisrael did, and only see at the end, oh, it was a elikim, etzbe elikim, it was a craft, it was the handiwork of Hashem. We want to do the same at the end of our lives, and say, wow, we just had a life, and it was so great, and we had so many opportunities, and we could have became so great, and chaval, and look back in regret, in sorrow, and pain. Rather, as we're sojourning through the journey of life, the goal is to always remind ourselves of what's truly important, what's really true, and what's going to make us great, and what's going to bring Hashem the ultimate nachas ruach. We all be to become the greatest we can be, stay focused amidst all the challenges and turbulence that we encounter through this journey. And together, may we merit the seeing of Mishaykh Tidkainu Bimher Vimenu. Amen. I thank each and every one of you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I wish you all a wonderful Shabbos.